What is up, my favorite peoples? Um, anytime I have a long drive, the mind begins to wander. Um, I usually either throw on a podcast myself, um, almost always business or strength and conditioning related, um, or I like to make one for you guys. Um, if I don't have anything off the top, I will sometimes drive for a little bit, and then when something comes to me, um, I'll throw it together. So today, I wanted to jam with you all a little bit on finding out what it is or finding your one thing that holds you back the most. Um, so we're going to keep this within the sphere of fitness, but I would be willing to bet this would have extrinsic benefits once it is fixed within CrossFit. Um, and without going too much down, you know, the wrong street, um, I firmly believe there's a lot of extrinsic benefits that come from CrossFit. Um, you know, just developing the confidence to try new things and challenge yourself on a regular basis and put yourself in an uncomfortable comfortable situation does wonders for your confidence and your personality and your positive thinking outside of the gym. But I don't need to go down that rabbit hole. That could be a four-hour podcast that I'll do some other time. Um, so I'm going to use my own personal experience and expand on that a little bit, and hopefully that will you know, lead into uh, you guys thinking about yourselves and what you could possibly, you know, reflect on and determine what to be your, your, your one thing that holds you back. So personally, um, it took me a long time to figure this out. Um, and there's not one thing in particular, or I'm sorry, there's not one thing and then everything else is great. Uh, there's obvi obviously, you know, I have multiple things that I have difficulties with um, in training, but uh, there was one that kind of stood out um, and took me a really long time to get over, and, and a, a huge part of the reason why was ego, and I think this would fall true for many of you um, for whatever your reason is. But, so, I was an athlete my whole life. I always have been. Um, I played every sport under the sun growing up. Um, I developed much faster than a lot of the, uh, the other kids, so I've always been the biggest in the class. Um, when I was in elementary school, kids loved to pick on me for this, and, like, this was before I realized that I could beat all their asses, so I kind of just took the punishment and, and, you know, went on with it. I didn't really care that I was getting picked on. I just wanted to get home and pick up the basketball or the football or, you know, throw the ball around with my dad, like... You know, I, I basically got good grades in school, so my parents were happy enough when I got home that they wanted to play sports with me. That was my childhood. Um, so because of this, I was also very naturally athletic from a young age. Um, I didn't have to work super hard um, when it came to developing new motor patterns and skills in sports. Um, and when I say I didn't have to work hard, I don't mean that I didn't spend a lot of time doing it because I absolutely did, but I had a love for, for every game that I played and the skills came very quickly to me. So if a coach, you know, gave me a tactile, visual or verbal cue, it was very, you know, it, it was only a matter of time before I was able to pick that up. Um, and you know, while this may sound like I'm bragging about myself, um, 
what I'm really getting at here is what ended up happening was as I, as I got into my teen years, um, a lot of the kids who had did not have the same natural ability as me uh, were forced to put in two or three times or four times the amount of work and effort to develop a lot of the same skills. And while at the time our abilities were either equivalent or I was still better than them, they were developing the work ethic and more importantly, uh, were developing um, more in-depth understanding of why they were doing things, right? So, and how they were supposed to be feeling. So if we were doing something in basketball, like layup drills, I didn't understand why when you go to the right side of the hoop, the left knee drives when the right arm goes up. I just did it naturally, right? Like it was just, it was something that just, I always did from the very beginning of layup drills. Um, and then this kind of followed suit all the way, you know, through my high school sports. And aside from stupid stuff like partying and being a typical teenager um, and to some degree not having the right mentors, uh, I started to notice a leveling out of the playing field. And, you know, in, in hindsight, what was happening was all these kids that had developed the work ethic were now finally starting to catch up and they had a much they had much greater self-awareness um, and were more in tune with their bodies and what they were doing. So, you know, what ended up happening was trying really hard on game day wasn't enough anymore for me. I actually had to start paying attention, you know, to what I was doing and finding a strength coach and spending time in the off season on skills and not just playing, you know, before it was enough for me just to play basketball year round. Now, all of a sudden I had to actually go out and do drills over and over again. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't enough just to play the game with people that were better than me. Um, and you know, I fought this for a long time, all the way through, I would say the beginning years of college. Um, and even into my first year or two with CrossFit, I still had this, I'll kind of just figure it out as I go mentality. Um, and I always had my eyes on the prize rather than on the process. So if I wanted to get a ring muscle up, I was really good about visualizing myself getting a ring muscle up, but I was really bad at paying attention to what I was supposed to be focusing on during the drills. Um, and actually spending enough time on the drills. I got bored with things really easily that I felt were, um, simple when in essence uh, or in actuality they weren't simple I was just oversimplifying them in my mind to justify me getting past them um, and you know now sitting at 29 years old I would say it's probably been the last two years or so um, that I really came to, to grips with this because uh, you eventually hit a ceiling um, partially due to age and also partially due to the fact that you know, you start, you know, I had high ambitions for myself of wanting to hit certain numbers with clean and jerks and snatches and squats and pulls and, and, and all those different movements. And you start hitting ceilings and you have to reflect on and ask yourself the question of what, why, you know, why, why am I running into a wall? Why can I no longer progress at the same rate I was before? And then having to go back and realize that it was the boring stuff 
right? And the, the minor details along the way that I skipped that ultimately were my own demise and were holding me back, you know, and I had to then go back to, to the beginning um, and learn. It, it had a lot less to do with going back to the beginning and doing the drills and a lot more to do with going back to the beginning and learning why I was doing the drills and actually putting in the attention that was necessary in the moment, right? It was one thing to visualize myself hitting a big PR snatch. It was another thing to visualize, you know, what hitting a snatch while I was doing snatch pulls, right? Or thinking about the fact that I should feel uh, my scapulas pinched together at the top while I was, you know, transitioning under a bar for a power jerk. And, and like these little things, all of a sudden you start realizing, holy crap, like 75% of the reps I was hitting, I wasn't getting into the optimal position that I was designed to hit. Right. And this was irregardless of the, the intensity, right? Like it could be, you know, let's say my snatch is 286. It could be a 70 kilo or hundred and 55 pound barbell and I was still missing the mark sometimes and then it led me to think like oh my gosh this is probably bleeding into your warm-ups like you aren't actually warming up with intention and purpose you're just kind of flinging the, the bar around and then I was like oh my gosh when you're doing your dynamic work you're probably not even feeling the muscles that you're supposed to be feeling you're probably not even in correct positions and it created this like snowball effect for me where I was like, I had to relook at the entire process and it was a complete paradigm shift of how I viewed my fitness, my health, the way that I went into my workouts, the way I thought about them the day before, the way I programmed for my athletes. It literally just flipped everything on its face. Um, and again, this is, you know, I don't want to go down, you know, a, a different avenue with this, but this is also why I am so adamant with you guys about building a foundation and appreciating the process along the way. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to get frustrated with the drills and the things that we do, but it, it, the sad truth is they only come back to bite you, you know, like let's say you neglect muscle ring muscle up drills and then you eventually get your ring muscle up and you can't get more than two at a time. The way to get more than two at a time, unfortunately, is to go back and redo the drills. And this is, you know, this is where it's like the, the people that have like created that sound foundation. It's not that they don't have to go back and do them anymore. It's that they've, they take that value with them and it carries over. So when you do get your first ring muscle up, it's not just haphazard and not a stroke of luck. It, it, it is meant to happen in that moment because of all the work you've put in. And it's going to be the same reason you get two and three and four and five, right? And now we don't have to as much go back and revisit those drills because you've already perfected them. And they're probably, you know, implemented as part of your warm-up scheme on a regular basis. So I implore you guys to think about it. Um, what's your one thing? You know, do you, and again, let's, we'll keep this within the sphere of, of, you know, fitness, obviously that expands quite a bit, but you know, do you not feel properly? Uh, do you not sleep enough? Do you look at workouts with a negative mindset? Do you want to go a thousand miles an hour all the time and not want to slow the workouts down? Uh, do you neglect paying attention to details and movements? 
Um, have you been putting off mobility work or stretching or corrective exercise because you find it boring? Um, you know, the, the, the possibilities here are really endless and, and it's going to take some self-reflection and time on your part to really think about what it is. Like, what's the one thing that if you could identify it would be the, the, the thing that holds you back more than anything else. And this is tough, right? Asking yourself to, to dive deep and figure out what your number one weakness is. It, it, sometimes it can be a difficult task because you don't want to believe that you've been, you know, <laughs> you've been ignoring this thing that's just super easy to identify, right? Like, let's say you're like, oh, I have a fear of trying new things. Admitting to yourself that you just hold yourself back tremendously purely due to this fear of trying new things. It seems silly because you're like, well, the answer is so simple. Just do it. Like just try something new. Right. And, and like, to me, this was also something simple. I knew for years that I wasn't paying attention to a lot of the specifics and the drills that I was doing. Right. And I was just more concerned about the, the, the metric of what was on the bar, right. Versus how the bar was moving. And then I had to go back and rethink all that stuff. And I mean, like that, that process of from the time I realized that was my problem to the time that I actually did something about it was years. It was years. And I'm trying to alleviate you all of the same headache um, by maybe, you know, being the spark that forces you to think back, you know, a little bit and, and really, really reflect and think, okay, what's my thing, you know, and, and how, how can I change that? What's the first step? Um, know that you're going to have times where you fall off again. You know, there are absolutely moments still. And I would say that I've matured significantly from when I realized or had this realization, but there are moments still where I find myself getting bored with an accessory exercise or rushing through it or not staying to tempo and going too quickly or, you know, like, not doing it because I want to do the compound movements or the more fun things. And, and I only have so much time. Um, and I have to constantly remind myself of the fact that this is still a weakness for me. And it's going to be, you know, something that I have to regularly work on because while sports and everything, you know, under the sun and in, in that regard, uh, came very naturally to me, paying attention to detail on accessory work and boring stuff does not come naturally to me. I get sidetracked very quickly. Um, and I just want to go back to the fun stuff, but, uh, I, I mean, I think that pretty much covers all the bases. Um, I don't want to drag this out too long, but I figured this was a topic that would be a good one. Um, and I, I'd like, you know, I'd like to use my self experiences with this to try to hopefully, uh, get you guys thinking and get the, the, the wheels turning so that you can too figure out what the number one thing is that holds you back. If you think of anything and you want to chat with me and jam on it, I'm always down to talk with you guys about this stuff. Um, I really geek out about this kind of stuff. So, um, any opportunity to chat with you guys, I'll take full advantage of cool. Hope you guys give this a listen and I'll see you tomorrow.